Hello, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hey, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Patty, ready to preach. I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you have given us, God. We ask that everything we do do to be the glory of your or of your name, God. We ask that we lift your name more than we do anything, God. We ask that you help us to understand, you help us to learn, you help us to give wisdom, God. We ask that as we go into your word, you reveal things through your Holy Spirit unto us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you on. We're we know it's been a long week since the last time you heard our voices. We're excited to be back here. We're grateful that you guys have stopped by to listen with us. It's just an awesome thing to be able to gather together and kind of read God's Word together and and dive into some things deeper and get each other's interpretations and your, not opinions, but your guidance on what that you think the Word of God says and how we can bounce bounce questions and thoughts and theories off of each other and, and kind of get the best knowledge we can of what God's Word actually says and apply it to our lives every day. So with that, we're going to go along and and we're going to go around this table and see what everybody's doing today, how they're doing this week, um, just what kind of been going on. And we're going to start that off with Casey. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. Uh, just working. That's pretty much all I ever do. I'm pretty boring in case you guys haven't figured that out yet, listening every week. And my answer is I've been working and like going to church. That's basically what I do on a pretty weekly basis. It's no real variety there. It's not a bad variety to have. No, it's not not a bad bad thing. thing. I mean, you're not much different than the rest of us. Fair. That just means you're all losers too. Hey. No, or everyone else is losers and we're the winners. That's right. (laughs) That sounds like something a loser would say. No, listen, listen. Here's here's what a winner says. It's not about how you run the race. It's how you finish the race. That's right. That's what determines whether you're a winner or not. Okay, Patty, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. I had a good week. Weekend week. We had a good group come to our church yeah, Sunday morning. We, did. so we didn't have Sunday night service. We just enjoyed a singing group from Kentucky. And really, they blessed us, to be quite honest. Yes, they, yes, did. they did. They blessed us with a, a great service, a great anointed service, a powerful singing from God. And we all got to worship God. I feel like, honestly, true in spirit, We I feel like we'd done... There's no other feeling I think that can describe what no, happens no. when you honestly go and have a heart of worship towards God. It's like touching heaven. You know, we're all in the worship team here, and it was refreshing, honestly, to get to sit back and listen to somebody else lead worship. I mean, you're worshiping whenever you're doing worship team activities, but there's also the thought that you're having to— It doesn't feel as labored when you get to do it right. outside. There's no— Pressure. Yeah, yeah. When you're taking it in more than giving out. Absolutely. And soaking it up. One of the things I want to do next time before they come is have them give us a pre-list of songs they're going to sing to where we can have it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them I knew, but a lot of them I had to learn while they were singing them. (laughs) You know, I could, I was just getting the main parts that I could see gumming, I guess, but. Say chorus number three. Yeah. No, that would be that would be nice, and I feel yeah. like it would be helpful to where people. Some people don't know the song, and I feel like knowing the song and the words help you get into that state of worship too. Absolutely, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Had a kind of restful couple of days, and do a whole awful lot. Yeah, um, just doing some studying, doing some reading, just enjoying being able to do nothing right then. Right, I, uh, I'm kind of been in the same spot. I had a little bit of a 
respiratory issue this last week with the dryness and the pollen and stuff, which a lot of the stuff we take for granted, and that has been the thing that's been on my mind. You know, we take a lot of stuff for granted that is kind of a usual thing that happens, like breathing. Yeah. And when you don't have the ability to breathe or to the ability to breathe well, you appreciate a lot more because it's more detrimental than we think most of the time. So, but with that, I've been uh, just been working and pushing through and church is always good. We really, like we said, didn't have too much going on on Sunday. We just tried to keep it small. We also had a lot of graduations going on. So mm-hmm. it was definitely weird to get home. It was like, and we got home at like two thirty, three o'clock. It's like I should be ready to go to church. Yeah, right. I was like, well. it's like at this time we're heading to meet Casey and Bryce. Well, Casey Bryce gets there <laughs> for for uh, band practice and choir practice. And though I think it's been give and gave that have been like holding us up here lately. Yeah, I've I've been on time lately. Yeah. Anyhow, don't give me that look, Casey. Seriously. I've been on, on time. We can put good fun at each other. <laughs> we know each other enough. Patty and, it's not, and I it's not are mean. remembering different past weeks. <laughs> well, the thing about the past week is we didn't say which past week. Right. <laughs> exactly. All, all those weeks are past. We're just See? picking the best ones. Anyhow, we're going to move on to our <laughs> lesson before I get in trouble here. Um, we're going to move on to our lesson tonight. And I actually don't want to call it that. I want to call it a, a, a conversation. A conversation. Between, amongst friends and amongst we're not Bible scholars by any means. We are understanding it at the best that we know how. I think everyone here, except for me, formally graduated high school. I got a basically a 10th grade education. So I'm going to interpret it the best that I can with the hillbilly knowledge that I have. <laughs> Anyhow, I believe that That's if you going to be on a shirt one day for us, <laughs> the hillbilly Anyhow, knowledge. We're going to go through and we're going to talk about Proverbs. Um, we talked last week about the Holy Spirit, and one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is knowledge, and another gift is wisdom. And I believe that there is a basic level of knowledge and wisdom that you can have um, as a human being. And I feel like as a Christian, there's a basic level of knowledge that you should have because it's available to you literally in the Bible. Um, it takes a little bit of effort to go in and read and decipher what things mean and apply it. But there's a, a level of knowledge that you can attain by that. And obviously the Holy Spirit helps you with that. But one of my thoughts is um, the world has a has a definition or a piece of wisdom. And they have what they see as wisdom and what is wisdom according to the the goals that they have, that the world has. And but this wisdom that we're going to be talking about for the next couple weeks here is a divine wisdom that God has given you for uh, life here on earth and eternal life. Yeah, it's it's not a wisdom of how we feel. Right. It's a wisdom of how we, a lot of it is how we should act. Yeah. And how we should present ourselves and uphold ourselves as Christians and as followers of Christ. So the first thing we're going to talk about um, we're we're starting in Proverbs, and we're going to start at Proverbs one one. I think there's no better place to start than right at the beginning, Agreed. and just go as as far as this takes us. And one thing that we we're talking about a little bit off air, and we had to stop because we want to put as much into this conversation as possible. Um, is the a lot of people say that proverbs and promises are two different things, and you can't take a proverb. And and take it and make it God's promise. 
But I tend to disagree with that, and I don't know how how anybody else feels. I feel like if God put it into his word, I feel like God will back his word, and he will not step back from what he said. What he said, he will do. Go ahead, Mark. I see. What I say on that was I agree that they're different, but when you added in an extra bit about it not being a promise and that not being anything at all. Right. That I disagree with. Right. Because the way I see it, they're not the same thing, but they're not mutually exclusive where you can only have one or the other. You have to have both parts of it. Right. So they are related. They are like peanut butter and jelly. You got to have them both. It's not as good with just one of them. Right. Well, how do you feel about that, Casey? A proverb. some, Some people say a proverb is not a promise. You can't take a proverb as a promise. I feel like they're kind of, it's right and it's not right at the same time. You're looking at it in the wrong way. I feel like looking at a promise, if I promise Patty that I'm going to do something, it doesn't necessarily mean that Patty has to do anything to receive that promise. Right. Um, With a proverb, I think it's more of a instruction set that if you do these things, this way, the way it's been outlined and observed, this is going to be your results. And in a sense, it's like a promise. God is never changing. The result's never going to change. If you do it the way you're instructed, the promise per se is that the result will be as it's recorded. And that's the distinction I wanted to make. I started to make, and that was when we decided we were going to stop (laughs) so we could save some of this for on air, was that the instructions are good in the proverb, no matter what you put into it. Right. You're going to get a set result from it. But if you're not putting in the right things from the right source, right. The, pro- the end result of the proverb is not going to look like the promise. Right. Here's my thought. The difference between going to Walmart and buying a vanilla cake, you're more or less guaranteed that's going to be a vanilla cake right? versus making one at home. You have to follow each individual step with the correct ingredients, the right amount at the right time. And you have to bake it for the right amount of time. Yep. And then you'll get a vanilla cake. You can use the same ingredients, but if you use different um, amounts of them. If you bake it for the wrong amount of time, May you're not guaranteed a vanilla cake at the end unless you follow the instructions. Absolutely. Specifically. Not the that same makes, tasting that makes cake a lot more at least. Sense. Can you, do you have the definitions of I each do. pole? I do. I didn't know still? if we wanted to get some from Patty real fast. Yeah, let's talk to Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi. Hey, Welcome Patty. back. No, <laughs> 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 no, I think that uh, the book of Proverbs is a basic instructions on how to live as a Christian. Yeah. We're supposed to be the righteousness of God. Absolutely. And the book of Proverbs, it kind of tells us how to be righteous. Right. Not in a, uh, I'm better than you phase, but. Like a sanctified style. As you're a Christian, you're supposed to conduct yourself a certain way. Absolutely. And I think if more people did that, we would have better lifestyles. Well, it'd be easier to decipher who is a Christian, who is not. Right. And that's the nice thing about the Proverbs when we get into it. They, each proverb usually gives you both sides of the coin, so you can right. tell which which the side you want to pick. <laughs> right? Yeah. But so when we were talking about this, I decided to search up: is there a difference between a proverb and a promise? And not this one's more like in the middle ground. This is definitely not like what Bryce was hearing, where he was saying because I completely disagree when he right. told us everything about that, and this right. doesn't line up with that. This kind of is where it makes it make sense where you kind of you you need both. They are both equally important. Right. And it says here that the difference between a proverb and a promise is that a promise is a declaration that gives us the right of expectation. Like if Casey promised something to Patty, 
Patty has the right to expect that whatever she promised, she's going to do. Right. Well, a proverb is an observation that gives one a sense of general expectation. And I, I like the general there because that's where I can say if you don't put in the right stuff. Right. You're right. not going to get the same prompt. You're still the right gonna, outcome. You're still going to get a similar type of outcome, but it's not going to be as happy a one. It's not going to be the right outcome. It's like if you take a, you know, that if you roll a dice, you get a certain number. Right. Well, certain numbers are better than others, depending on what you're doing. So you give yourself the best odds. You follow the instructions. You follow what you're doing and you put the right ones in. Right. And you're going to get the right stuff out. Right. I think I think that just boggled my mind this week when I heard that because we, we've decided that we're going to study Proverbs. And a lot of people just come right out and say, well, you can't bank on a proverb. I which sure can. I, <laughs> I, I just couldn't agree with it, Mark. No, I can't I agree with that either. I couldn't agree with the word of God saying, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get a, B, and C. Exactly. If the word of God says it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to bank on that. Yeah. You know, we do it for every other thing. Right. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't trust it for this point, you can't trust it for your salvation in the end. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. You can't, you can't not fully trust one area, but fully trust another area and expect it to be right. I don't think so. Then it's not fully trusting. If you're only, if you're picking and choosing a couple things out of it, it's right. only partial trust. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to trust it wholly or not trust it at all, and I I tend to trust it wholly. Right, me too. So, and one of my one of my things is uh, one of the thoughts that was in my mind that I we had to stop so I could so I could put this out and we could get it recorded because I want to hear what you guys think. We serve a large God, not large in size, but large in ability. Mm-hmm. He's okay. got uh, multiple abilities. He he will do what he thinks, or not what he thinks, what he knows is best for the outcome of you. Is God not big enough to make a proverb a promise? Yes, he is. I think he is. He can make what his word says true, which we know it's true. Oh, yeah. We believe that it's the inerrant word of God. It has no errors. There's nothing that is said that will not come to pass or hasn't already come to pass. I believe he's big enough to make what his proverb said, whether whether it is right or not, whether we have the right opinion on that or not, which obviously I think we do have the right opinion. But if we if we, if we're wrong on it, I think God's big enough to make it right. I'd agree. What Me do you too. think, Casey? I'm I'm still thinking. I think it's a case <laughs> of you get just like you get with everything else, you get different groups of people looking at the same evidence, but coming up with different explanations. Right. And the biggest difference is accepting one of those explanations. All the others are made by ourself. Right. The one that's not is the one that is God's explanation for what happened. But it's still the same evidence. Right. Just a different definition of what different happens. point of view different worldview and a lot of that has a lot of that has to play with it and that's one thing that i would caution anybody who's just going on and listening to anything i would say study line, study study and line it up with yourself i was just watching a, a short clip and it was a guy disputing once saved always saved and then then the opposite of that he said a lot of people who believe once saved always saved are people who were taught that 
I mean, people who read the Bible don't believe that because there's evidence proving that it doesn't exist, you know? So study the word for yourself, ask the Holy Spirit to help you yourself, and you'll come out with what's right. Agreed. Yes. Agreed? I can agree with that. I'm behind that. So let's move on to the reading of the text, and we're going to do it source material, line by line, precept by precept. And that's not to say, there's some of the ones we're reading through these, some of them we're not good. Yeah, we're just going to read on to the next one, but there are ones that are important to talk about a little bit. I started making a few notes. The rest I'll kind of, we'll do as we go. All right, Casey, take us away. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. No. We can stop there. Oh, okay. You can stop. I say we stop. Just this is Proverbs of Solomon, son of David. And at this time, Solomon is the king of Israel. That one's pretty easy to decipher for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Even though we've kind of stated previously that I'm not very well educated. (laughs) Hey, we, we, we tend to go to YouTube University, most of us, so... All right, let's hear the next. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtly... I know what that word says, but I can't say it. It's fine. Subtlety. There you go. It's spelled differently. We The the way we usually see it spelled is with an E instead of the I, and it's subtly, it's... I don't know if we spell it right, if this was the original old old English way of spelling it, but I looked that up. It's basically, it is... Subtlety. Subtlety, but it is... Um, let me get back to my note here where I was... A couple of them I wrote down, like I said. It's the act of being delicate, elusive, clever, indirect, difficult to understand or perceive, and it's not necessarily you're purposely deceiving somebody to mislead them subtle it's just being like gentle hence gentle nudging towards one's thing yeah so i want to go back to verse number three to receive instruction of wisdom okay who doesn't need that everyone needs more instruction on wisdom justice is the next thing Definitely could use some instruction. We could use some instruction of justice because there's a lot of people that are claiming injustice when it's not injustice. Judgment. A lot of people are claiming uh, being of being judgmental when there's no when there's not a. I guess I'm not going to see dictionary definition because the dictionary is going to make it. They're going to say what they want to, but I'm saying a Bible definition of judgmental or judgment. We need instructions on judgment so we can understand judgment better and equity. And on equity, definitely, which a lot of people are claiming of unequal. But this is going to claiming we're being unequal or not fair to them. When God is going to lay out in, in this proverb what he shows equity or how he shows equity, how it's laid out according to his law. And I feel it. Go ahead. I'm gonna say, when tell people what equity is, what you guys think equity. I mean, because most times we hear equity, we think of when you have equity in a mortgage, you have money involved. It's or a value. I'm just thinking of equal. I've got this one. I was forced on a DEI committee when I my last job. 
I've got it right up here. Go. Equity and equality are not the same things. Equality means everybody has the same. Equity means everybody has what they need to be the same. So it'd be like if a person who's four foot nine and a person who's five foot six, whatever, is trying to look over a 10 foot fence and you gave them both a five foot stool, the person who's five nine, four nine still can't see over the fence. Equity would mean you give them the right stool for them both to be able to see. Yeah, it's like the definition I found. It's the quality of being fair and impartial, which is just like that. It's like, you know, it's fair My to mind. give the four foot nine person a taller ladder than the taller person. Right. They don't right. need the same stuff to get over the same hurdle. My mind just goes straight to man and woman. Yeah. There is differences specifically created mm-hmm. by God for a reason. Right. And he is being fair when giving one one sort or one group of things to to make them in the same level. They're equally they're equally loved and cherished by God and have their equal positions. One is not better, but one needs more in this area. One needs more in that area. Men and women are not equal, I don't think, but they are given things to become on the same page, have their own certain value. Right. Not given the same talent, not given the same purpose, but given talent and purpose that's equally as important. That's importantly different. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? It makes them not better than one another, but it makes them good in a certain area where the other one isn't. But that certain area where they're proficient, the other one is deficient, and it just equals things out. Creates a complete... Unit. I was going to say that if you go by the biblical teaching, man and woman were made to complete, not to compete. Right. That's right. Oh, that was good. That was good. Exactly. I've heard that one before. I'm going to keep using it. Teamwork makes because I can guarantee you, you guys, you guys can ask the boys. If Stacy was like me, they might be dead. Right. (laughs) That's just it. You know, it's even the little things. A mother has a maternal instinct that is. Different than a I got fraternal instinct. I have yeah. <laughs> Wait, fraternal, fraternal or fraternal? Fra- I was thinking. I was when he said that. I was thinking fraternal. Like I'm thinking fraternal. Well, you know, a man has more of an not an instinct, but more of a ability to protect the family, whereas a woman typically has more of an instinct or an ability to mother and not coddle necessarily. But I don't know because if and you mess with my babies, I'm going to show you bear. Mama yeah, but bear. we're talking to your babies, <laughs> right? <laughs> Men can only raise men. Mm-hmm. Women cannot raise men, and men cannot raise women. They have to teach from a place that they're from. Right. right. You know, you can't teach from somewhere where you haven't been or haven't studied or have. You can't study how to be a woman and make and and raise a girl to be a woman. It's not possible. No. She's gonna be more of a tomboy and have lean more towards acting like how her dad masculine, acted. masculine, yeah. which still doesn't change the fact that she's a woman. Absolutely. Exactly. All right, Casey, let's read on. You okay over there? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just trying to picture somebody studying how to be a woman. (laughs) Anyways. That was the best part of the description. It's impossible. I know. It's impossible. I'm just like, I've got the mental picture Are you picturing them with a book and going to and filling out tests I'm like, I don't even know how you'd study that. Anyways, moving on. Verse four. (laughs) (laughs) To give. Subtly. Thank you. To the simple, to young man knowledge and discretion. No, hold on a second. I notice, um, read the after the comma. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. No, it's not giving the young man wisdom. 
He's got to earn. He's got to get to the old part. He he's got to earn the wisdom part. Wisdom. Absolutely, that's what we were talking about last week. The difference between knowledge and wisdom yeah. is experience. Agreed. What is discretion? When you're discreet, you're it's not a, being a big mouth. It's also like it's like with being subtle. It's right. not you're not pushing yourself forward, like you know, being boastful. Basically, subtle yeah. is intelligent discernment. Subtle is in yourself. <laughs> discreet is when you have to go to somebody else. Yeah, when like say there's a situation going on with somebody, and you're discreet by going to them privately, okay. instead of bringing them out in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Go ahead. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Let's stop right there. Okay. Only only people who are wise will hear, and then put into action. I feel like it has to be put into action to learn it. For me personally, I don't know. I feel like you learn something and it's not useful really until you use it. Right. That says to me too that somebody who's wise isn't above correction. Absolutely. They'll increase in learning, but they have to hear it, which goes along back to being discreet. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be prideful in in smashing somebody publicly. You want to be discreet one to another. You know, obviously you don't want to just destroy somebody because you can, but you also have to love them enough to tell them how it is. And then on the flip side of that, the wise man will hear. A foolish man will not listen and do exactly what he's been doing. A wise man will hear and increase the learning. Go ahead. Which goes along with, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. The smart people always know that there's still someone that knows more than they do, and they always have room to learn or to improve. So a saying that I've always heard, and I take it to heart, and I try to put it put it everywhere that I go. If you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yep. Yeah. You need to go to someone who is wiser than you. I guess smartest isn't the best best thing, but a couple years ago, I decided that I wanted to go out and have breakfast every day at leave the house at five 30, be at the, at the table at six, sit there with all the old farmers. Some of the best lessons, some of the best talks, some of the best teachings, you know, from an old man to a young man for someone who is wise, just someone who is trying to seek wisdom, uh, were pretty detrimental things to me. I think it was important that we sit around people who have wise counsel. Absolutely. I think a true know-it-all recognizes that they don't know it all. Absolutely. I don't think they recognize it if they're a know-it-all. I'm right, about to say, but it's a true know-it-all. Like a know-it-all who's annoying, they're not what we're talking about. No, but it oh, comes from... Oh, I get what you're saying. But like knowing it all wise. knows that you means you... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I can't speak anymore. It it's, comes down to yes, being wise and, and listening to the older people. Because the Bible says you're, the older people are supposed to teach, teach the younger people. Absolutely. But the younger people don't want to listen to the older people sometimes. Until you get older and you're like, oh, that's what they were trying to tell me. I should have listened. Yeah. I've never been in that position. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Now, that's when I looked looked up some too. What do you guys think they mean when the the end of it there says, and their dark sayings? Is this you think an evil intent? I don't think evil. I think when it says dark, talking about the end of your life. I think dark meaning not revealed. Like if it's the dark, you can't see. 
So what I looked up and the word, the way the word they use there is something that is ambiguous or a riddle. So something that's not easily and rapidly understood. Something you have to kind of. You have to work to understand. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Casey. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Boom. Right there. What better place to start? There isn't a place to start other than there. That's what I said. What better place? Absolutely. Do we all in here fear the Lord? Yeah. Yes. Fear the Lord with a, a fervent fear of love, not a fear of his wrath. Right. I feel like people get that twisted too. Like if you don't have a base knowledge, no, you say common. the fear of the Lord. To fear like, the well, Lord why also w- means something else. It also means that you're going to worship him. Right. Because but he's an awesome it's God. It's a, a reverent you know? fear. Yeah. Right. Yes. Most time it's used as in awe. Or right. an honor. It's not right. fear as in, oh, he's going to whip me. I better get out of here. Right. 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 But, but people don't understand that. They're like, well, why would I serve somebody that wants me to be afraid of them? Not how it works. Well, best. that's why we're breaking it down. That's right. why they that's don't make it. That's why they're not knowledgeable people. That's why they don't know that because they don't truly fear him in love. They take it onto the face without looking about what was written, which you got to think these ones, if it's written by Solomon David, this is written, you know, before Jesus. A long right. time ago. This is written. Before even uh, the Roman society and things like that, this is older stuff. The way the phrases or idioms that people use, they are different than what we see. And we, we take it at face value, but there's more to it. Right. And we see things like fear and there's other ones as well that that's what we think it is. But then when you actually look at what the words are, it's like, it's not fear. That's that's a good thing to have. You know, that's like you right. said, rever- reverence. That's what this is exactly what you need go ahead but fools despise wisdom and instruction there's some people in this world that will totally despise not i don't want to say correction because sometimes people take it if you're younger than them you can't be more wise than them that's not true you know a lot of people you have experiences that some people don't have not based upon your age right just based upon what you've went through. Or here's an example of that just to shut that down completely about where if you're younger than somebody, like and say in the same job, the younger person doesn't have more wisdom than the old person. What if that kid, say they're 30, that's the younger person. They've been in there since they graduated high school. Right. 50-year-old guy comes in, you think would know more? It's his second job. He hasn't spent Almost 18. 20, 18, 20 years in it, he spent six months getting ready. Right. That younger person has the wisdom, has the experience, and is the one that can teach. And one of the words I want to kind of highlight in there is despise. Fools hate it. Because a lot of the times, fools, uh, I think later on in Proverbs, it talks in like Proverbs 27, it talks about fools um, uh Fool's provocation, I think is how it's worded, but it's basically fool's wrath. And they use like a quick temper or a heated or being like yelling at somebody or raising their voice or shouting, you know, that's sort of quick to control people. Mm-hmm. And and they can't, you can't control somebody who has wisdom and who knows the situation and knows that you can't control them. I know this isn't like, a, a bad way of saying it, or like, I'm not talking negative about something. There was a few years back, we did a race in Coloma. Yeah. And I, while I was getting ready for it, a couple of weeks in a row, we went after church, in between church, and we drove the path. 
I learned the path. And so when I run, I have my headphones on. My music is usually loud enough to drown out what anyone else is saying anyway. And we're sitting there going. And some of the people that organized the race were in the wrong spot. And there is there is a difference between training for a 5K and a 10K and also in the price. They were pointing people to go another way. And there was a, a large chunk of people very unhappy because they ran somewhere between a 5 and a 10K. They had trained for the 5K. They were ready for a 5K. They were not ready to run another mile or so. And me, having ran the path, I saw them going off. I was like, okay, well, I know I turn around here and I go this way. I just ran. I looked, I had studied the course map. I would driven the course. I hadn't actually ran it myself. That was one of the few ones I didn't. But when everyone else is getting spread the other way because they haven't studied, they have not they done, be, trying to have become not wise done the work, right. they were led astray and led the other way. Right. And they ended up very unhappy when it was done. They had, I think some people got some money back. Others had their times prorated and different things like that for the distance they were supposed to be running. Right. All because a couple people on the course got confused, were in the wrong spot, pointing people different directions. And it wasn't even at a spot where the two distances split. It was just this random intersection. They were sending people this way. It's like, I ignored them because I knew where it went. Right. You were wise to the, the track, but fools despise wisdom yeah. and instruction. If someone is trying to be unteachable, you just go ahead and be like, okay, do what you want to do. Yeah. Learn the hard way. You, you're going to have to. Some people, <laughs> some people have listen, to. You can't, if you can't listen, you can you feel. You can feel. Absolutely. <laughs> All righty. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. I see in this one, even here, like we have raised our kids this way. You're not turning us against the other. So like they'll come up with something like, okay, what did your mom say? Well, she said this. Well, I'm not going to say the opposite. Right. You know better than if, be she, united. if she's told you something and you come to me to ask just because you want a different answer, it's not going to happen. And this here, it's not putting pitting the mother and father against each other. It's saying, listen to them both. Don't just sit there and try and pick the one that gets that you the answer you. you want. Right, right. For they shall be an ornament of grace onto thy head and chains around thy neck. It almost sounds negative, but it's not when you look into it. I think chains more or less is like a jewelry type thing. It is. Because ornaments sounds like jewelry to me. Yeah, well, decoration. The- Right. It is decoration, but the one that they uh, use for this is like a wreath. So when you think about the phrase, an ornament of grace unto thy head, you put wreaths generally on a place that it's a mark of honor and distinction. You think of the holiday we just had, Memorial Day. Lots of wreaths, ribbons, and banners were being put on graves to honor the soldiers. Absolutely. So in this case, what they're being, the distinction they're making and being honored is that the parents are being honored the grace. It's not even anything negative, and in the necklace as well. Well, to me, it says, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto the head and chains about their neck. You got to go back and see what they means or who they is pointing to. And I don't think it's talking about the mother and father. I think it's talking about the instruction of the father and the law of the mother. Very well could be. Those, you follow those, you hear those, and and you listen to what those say, and the laws and the instructions that you are given will be the ornament or will get you, get you the ornament yeah. of grace and the chain around your neck. Go ahead, Casey. 
My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That's pretty easy to me. Yeah. yeah. Pretty simple. That seems like, that sounds like temptation to me. That's really all it looks like to me. I, I mean, yes. what else? It only entices you if you're making it look good, if it makes it look good. Right. And they're not going to try and tempt you with anything that they don't think you're going to enjoy. Right. True. Consent not. If they say, come with us, let us lay, wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. The Go back to 11. If they say, come with us, let us lay, wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. To me, when it says go for blood, we use that term, I think, differently than maybe would be interpreted here. Yeah. Uh, I think I think here would be like actually going to kill somebody or waiting for to ambush somebody. But if you interpret it in the way that we'd interpret it, going for blood, you know, trying to just hurt somebody a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the same. Say not even physically. A lot of the times when you're arguing with somebody or you're throwing an insult, you say, oh, you went for the throat. You didn't right, like, exactly. actually try to slit somebody's throat. Right. And I, I feel like that's the same, the same sort of thing for... They lurk privily, lurk, what does privily mean? Privily, private, hidden. Right, hidden in the darkness for innocent without cause. I think that goes back up to the foolish the foolish type personality for mm-hmm. someone who does something without cause. I feel like you shouldn't, but it, in, in my mind, when I say without cause, it, it can go the opposite way. Can you lay wait for somebody with cause? Mm, I think that goes with being discreet. I think somebody who's discreet isn't going to just attack somebody waiting for it. Even though they deserve it? Right. Right. Good thought. Good thought. Let's go down the next one. 12. I want you to read 12 again. Yeah. Yeah. That comes after 11. Let us swallow them up alive. 13 was actually <laughs> the next one. We read 12. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. What does that mean to you, Mark? Oh, you're at, you're you're the one who wanted to stop there. Um, so swallow them up alive as the grave. The grave's final. Yeah. The grave buries it. You want it taken, take it completely out is what you're wanting to do. Okay. And whole as those that go down into the pit. Leaving nothing behind. Absolutely. My thought on that is if we read them 10 through 12 together, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. They're already trying to get them on their side, more or less. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave. I think that's referencing back to together, let's entice more people to the same fate that we have, which is to be as whole as those that go down to the pit. You know? Yeah. It's a permanent death forever and ever. That was Casey's little echo there i can do more feel no, i'm just kidding all right <laughs> anyways at 13 we shall find all precious substance we shall fill our houses with spoil so they're wanting they're wanting what they have i'm seeing through these lines i'm seeing a lot of jealousy a lot of envy envy um what is uh what is the word covetousness yep yeah patty what do you think I think they want to steal all what they have. <laughs> they <laughs> want to their, house their houses. Was, and yep. They're more concerned with worldly wealth than they are wisdom. And that goes back to the sinners that entice the consent not. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Let's go. And that finishes with the next one. 
Cast in thy lot among us, let us have one purse. So they want to have, do it all together. They're sharing is caring. Right. Yeah, Shots except only one person's working. So yeah. it feels like to me what these last, let's say, uh, 10 through 14, what it's saying is the group mentality. Yeah. yeah. The group mentality will make you do things that you wouldn't normally do on your own. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not going to lurk in the darkness and kill somebody on your own. Um, you know the consequences of doing said things. It's going to swallow you up whole as the grave and swallow you up whole as those who go down into the pit. Go ahead. I've always had this thought. Uh, this is how I view society. A person is smart, but people are stupid. Okay. You can have some smart, a couple smart persons around, but then you start getting big groups of people. It's not always the smartest person or the one who's got the right view on things that leading. wins a shouting match and is leading. Right. All they need is someone that can convince enough other people that he is right. Now you've got the majority. Now the whole group is all going after that, even if they've still got one or two people there that are trying to tell them, no, this is not right. They're not going to listen. This guy here, the, the son in verse 10, yeah. is telling them we shouldn't do this. That group's not going to listen. Right. They're all they're all sold in 100% behind this guy that's telling them to go and do all this stuff. Well, he's telling them that you can find all precious substance and exactly. you can fill your house with spoil. And, and once you get everything, let's put it all together and make it common. So my thing is the foolish people do that to attach themselves to you to where you don't feel like you can get away. I also see this guy is lying to the whole group. If you look between verses 13 and 14, yep. 13, we shall fill our houses with spoil. That's plural. But then immediately after it says, cast in the lot among us, let us all have one purse. So he's like, he's luring them in by saying, we're all going to get something. But at the end of the day, he's like, we're just going to pile it in one spot. And I'm betting the Some, leader of the pack is the one that's got the only hand in that purse too. Well, in going along with that, the leader of the pack normally is Satan. In my opinion, yeah, that's the one who's driving all of this, and he is already judged. So it doesn't matter what happens to him because he knows he's going to be swallowed up whole yep. in the pit, and he's going to be chained for for a thousand years into a bottomless pit. Yep, he knows that he is judged to the lake of fire, but he is trying to get you all judged. Yep. So what do we do? Verse fifteen, Casey. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Keep your feet off their trail. Yeah, don't follow. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait. Wait a second. We got to stop and talk about it. I'm going. You just made a weird face like you didn't understand what it means. We need to understand it. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. I can, I myself don't hunt. I know Bryce does. When you set up your stand when you guys go hunting for deer, do you set it up while the deer is out there? Wave at them as you're putting up nope. your stand? You do it when it's dark, when they can't see, so that they don't know that you're there when they walk by when it's light out. You pre-bait. That's what this is basically saying. No, that's Be- illegal. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically saying that's you don't... you're saying. <laughs> you're not going to try to trap some something... Right. In the light, basically, is what I'm interpreting yeah. it as. Everything's done a trap's going to be set more for you not to see it, not yeah. for you not to be aware of it. But this is telling you to be aware. Go ahead, Casey. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, 
which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Greedy of gain. That sounds a lot like what this world is dealing with today. Am I wrong? You sure this isn't uh, Proverbs 1? Uh, oh, sorry. Proverbs 6, 6, 2023? 20, or... <laughs> right, right. It's not for today. It's it's I, I feel like that's why it's so important for us to read that because it's really speaking of what we see on a daily basis mm-hmm. of how we should gather ourselves and to know that there's ways of everyone that is greedy of gain the way that they are the way that they are portraying themselves is they're willing to take the life of the owner thereof to get the gain everybody's and everybody's after that they're all you know they're all for lack of better way to say it, they're all after the hustle. They're all after get rich quick, get rich quick, and that's get more. That's the times we're living in right now. Absolutely, well, that's the times we're going through. That's not the times. Well, <laughs> we're going through that. Yeah, but, right. And that's just because it sounds so good. You know, it's like, hey, if you do this, like you see, we see those videos when we watch stuff on YouTube and things like that. I can show you how to make four thousand dollars a week without having to leave your home, and you're only working two hours a week. Right. That ain't happening. No. There's something else involved. That's, we've all heard the phrase like a pyramid scheme where, you know, Mm -hmm. you have the first one that has the idea, borrows money from the people behind him to then do it. Well, then for them to make money, they have to borrow money from the ones below Below them them. and keep going and keep going. Absolutely. The ones at the very bottom never get anything. Right. And it is possible to take their life or livelihood away from them. Oh, yeah. You bankrupt enough people. There's a lot of people that's going to be getting angry. They're going to get angry. They're either going to end their lives or end yours. <laughs> One or the other. Somebody's not making the next brick of the pyramid, and it's, it's either going to be you or them. <laughs> Alrighty, Casey, let's hear it. I have another thought. Okay, go for let's it. Say it. Said I think. I said I think. Obviously, I think. Um, one of the biggest issues with all of that that you're just talking about is the loudest voice in the room. It's probably not right. isn't right. Right. Correct. You know, a lot of the things that are not right biblically are not right for a Christian lifestyle are the things that are just being shouted. Yeah. You know, this told us earlier that a wise man is discreet. They're quiet. They're subtle about it. So whenever something's being shouted at you and shoved in your face 24 seven, you have to take a moment to think, well, and the Bible outlines that if it's good, you don't have to look for it too hard. Yeah. Right. If it's being shoved in your face, probably not. Not the way to go. Probably not the best choice. Loudest voice is not always right. Absolutely. It's usually not right. Because usually yeah. the loudest voice is somebody who thinks that being loud makes them right. Either yeah. that or they're willing to use you to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. Volume apparently dictates authority. <coughs> mm, yeah. That's what All it right. boils down to. Let's hear it, Casey. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. That's the same thing we just heard up there. Fools do not want to take the wisdom for, they don't want to hear the wisdom. They hate it. They despise it, basically. The scorners are like the ones that scoff and mock, and they take, they're they happy to do it. it. Yeah, absolutely. The, and the more opportunities that they have based on, you know, the discretion, the quietness of wisdom, 
the more opportunities they're going to take. Absolutely. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? People don't like that it complicates their life to acknowledge what's right. That's what I read there. Absolutely. So they continue to be ignorant. Right. They are sometimes ignorance is bliss, to be honest. There are things that if I didn't better off not knowing. (laughs) Yeah, if I didn't know it'd be easier to live. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, you can't just live in ignorance all the time because it's easier. Yeah, when we have such a culture of convenience as well. Let's talk about in the beginning of this. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. And in the city she utters, her, uttereth her words, saying, Wisdom is crying out to us in all places, but we decide not to look at it. Is that how I'm reading that? or That's what it looks like to me, because just because she's crying out doesn't automatically make her the loudest voice. Right. Or if wisdom's crying alone and there's 50 other people that are yelling, no, do this, you're not listening to the one. Right. Okay. Let's move on, Casey. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. You got to turn around. Mm -hmm. I guess from the simplicity of that, simplicity of being ignorant. Right. Um, you got once you seek more knowledge, you have to uh, apply the knowledge. Yeah. Once you know things, you have to do things correctly according to what you know. Say just at the start of what you said, you have to seek it initially. It's not just something that you're going to uh, right be given. And luckily, she's ever, in this case, wisdom is everywhere, so there's plenty of places to seek it and find it. Right. You just gotta get the feet moving towards it. Turn you at my reproof. Now, we got to establish who you is and who my is. I feel like you is us, the one seeking knowledge or seeking wisdom, seeking her, which I guess would be wisdom that we're talking about up in 20, in verse 20, at my reproof. Whose reproof? Wisdom's reproof. Am I right? Yeah. That's how I would interpret it. And behold, I'll pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Maybe that's talking about God, though. That's what it, I'm thinking. I think it's God more than more than wisdom. Well, because God is the one that gives but us. He's giving the words to Solomon to say to us. Right. That's, that's where I, I would say sometimes you can well, treat Well, when him. it goes to my spirit, I'm thinking Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yes. And this is where an instance where I say you could take a proverb also as like a parable. It's teaching you something else, but there's always something spiritual behind it. Subtle. Yeah. So it's when it's talking about wisdom, it's not just saying, okay, I'm going to learn everything they can teach in this class. Then I'm going to move on to that class and then on to this class. It's basically, it's wanting, it's like the wisdom of God because we know, what was it uh, Solomon asked for? Wisdom. He asked for wisdom. And it wasn't his own wisdom. He asked of God. Divine wisdom. Yep. All right. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. So my thing here is it's always available. Yeah. God is trying to make this available, this as in wisdom. He's trying to make it available to you. But like he says, I've called and ye refused. I've stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Uh, but you have set not, which means to take something in vain, basically. Am I right? Yeah, set for not means that 
makes it like it didn't even happen, like it doesn't matter, like it's not there. You have take taken what I've put in front of you, my counsel, at not. Made it worth nothing because you're not taking it. None of you would take my reproof. What does reproof mean, Mark? Reproof? I already looked Correction. that one up. What, what, repression? Uh, it says an expression of blame or disapproval. So he's like, hey, I disapprove of what you're doing, but this is how I would love you to do things. And you still won't do it. And I, I, one thing I noticed there when you talked about if you go back in 21, where she, in 2021, where wisdom is in all these places. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you can't find me even though I'm everywhere. Here, let me take a next step. And you get the, the second half of uh, verse 24. So since you're not hearing me where I'm at, I'm going to actually reach out now. So now it's not just hearing. Now we have a physical connection. Right. Stretch out my hand towards you. And you're still just brushing it off. Yeah, right. He's asking us to pay attention and if so he, he can pour his spirit on us. Let me ask you this, Patty. If someone counsels you, they've personally come to you. Just like Mark said, he's stretched out his hand. But when you take counsel at naught, like we have described before, puts it to no value, doesn't use it. So he's personally coming to people with his spirit trying to give them what they have asked for, and they still have taken it as nothing. As a joke. Absolutely. And you would not take my correction Mm -hmm. or my disapproval of said things. Because we've all had experiences like when you do something and your your parents aren't happy with it because it's not right. Right. And there's something, a lot of things that you do, you can't go back and change, but you can quit doing them. Exactly. You can stop then. I think that's what reproof means. You 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 see the proof of what happens, and you're trying to redo <laughs> what the next. Thing, you don't want to redo it, but that's a good one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just yeah. my very uneducated way of understanding that. All right, Casey, let's go. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Now this one, let me look it up. But I want to say this is a definitely is a different fear. Then the first one, this isn't the Absolutely. fear of the Lord that was at the beginning, that was the beginning of all knowledge. This is more, now you're scared of what's happened. Not going to lie, that makes me feel better about how I feel whenever I give good counsel and people don't take it. Yeah. Because I also feel the same way. I'm like, okay. This one actually, the glossary is trembling, dread, and fear. So my my thing is, I will also, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. The only way I feel like you can do that is if you've given someone counsel and they have take they haven't done it. Right. The, the whole I've told I told you so. Right. Pretty, pretty much. I mean, obviously, we don't want to be stupid about it. No. We still want to be discreet, no matter what. And here's the thing: they don't get. I mean, it's not here. But if even then, they still have a shot to turn back, and then they can. Until take that until counsel. they until they've been swallowed up whole. Yeah, they still have a time to. Because if he's not laughing at the calamity you went through, he's laughing at your calamity, and he'll mock you when your fear cometh. So if your fear's already taken over, you're already gone. There's nothing to do. This is still someone that's still around. They can still change their mind and turn and go the right way. Absolutely. This isn't the case of where it's too late. All right, Casey. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Hmm. That's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Scary. That's a big one for me. A lot of people sit there 
And basically, we say it and we use this term, shake their fist in the, in the face of God. And then calamity comes as a whirlwind or distress and anguish comes upon you. Then you call upon him. I will not answer is what the Bible says. Yeah, because my, my, my understanding of this when I read this, the way it, I feel when I read this, not to use feelings as a basis, but it comes across as this, these people that are calling on them because of the calamity are not doing so out of the right genuinely place or the right Absolutely. motivation. Absolutely. Not the right way. They're just doing it because they want something. They've That's, heard other people do it. That's what my mind was thinking too. It's someone who is not doing it properly, not with a pure heart, exactly. but they're just doing it because, oh no, I should have done this. And now it's this point in time and I'm just going to call God and he's just going to fix it. He's, he's a genie not a in genie. the bottle. Yeah, I was say, he's right. not a genie. It's like showing up to the finish line of like a 5K, like Mark runs and expecting a medal, even though you didn't run it, you just walked up to the end. Right. And you're, oh, I'm the first one done. You have not run the course. You know, say even when they have the, the rare instances of that one race where people in the wrong spot, there are people out there that get you and heard you the right way. Right. So most of them have like walkies, talkies, because they're trying to make sure, you know, okay, is the last person out in the course, so they pass it that way. Everyone else that's. That's running the race, like not running as in the, the race itself, but as the operating the race. Yeah. Can then start pulling away, can then start going and getting yeah. to where they need to be. Absolutely. All right. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. They're going to be looking. Out of luck, buddy. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? The beginning the of, of knowledge. knowledge. And you hate it. And they didn't choose the fear of the Lord, so you can't get the knowledge that is applied with the fear of the Lord. Right. Okay. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Ooh. That's a really That's slightly scary. more complicated way of saying you're going to reap whatever you sow. That is yeah. scary to me. Yeah. And more proof that through all of this— these people aren't done yet. No. So they still, they can still see evidence of what's going on and what should happen. That's important. And you just sparked a thought in my mind. Just because you accept God and take his wise counsel doesn't mean you still won't have to pay some of the consequences yeah. of the choices you made said years ago. Mm -hmm. You still have to pay for what you've done. If you went to the checkout line and you bought these things, just because you have a gift card for X amount of dollars doesn't mean if you don't go over it, you still don't have to pay for yeah. the, rem the remainder of it. You have to pay the full price of what you did back there, not saying that God can't lighten the load or take some of the burden off you or make it bearable for you. You're still going to have to pay for the consequences. You know, a lot of people, and this is just a, a, a basic uh, description of some or example of what some people do. They're like, well, I've smoked for 30 years now and I'm going to quit smoking. Those 30 years, you're still have, you're still going to have to pay for the breathing trouble and the damage to your lungs for that 30 years. It's not just going to start over fresh because you stopped today. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they get the mistaken thought of this, of when they do follow where God's leading them. And they say, well, yeah, he's going he's gonna to save me from this. You know, Jesus' blood covers this. It covers the sin. It doesn't necessarily change 
the physical thing the that effects. actually happened. Right. You know, not saying that God can't because I believe yes. wholeheartedly that He can and He has before. But I believe that what you do, like Casey says, what you reap, you you're are going to sow. Right. You're going to do these things. You will be there. You will eat the fruit of your own way and be filled with your own device. What you do has consequences no matter if you take into it's like using God. I heard this term as a, a holy ATM. <laughs> Use him when you need him, when you need a little hit here and a little hit there of cash. Go to him like a genie in a bottle. It's kind of the same analogy. But you can't do a bunch of nasty and ugly and wrong and sin and then just ask God to forgive you. And the consequences that in are tied up in these things, they don't just go away. Can God make them go away if you're honest and you're truly crying out to him? I believe he can. But you got to understand that what you do, you will have to pay for. If not, there'd be a... And I know there are a lot of legitimate, you know, prison conversions. Yeah. They get out of the where their eternal prison is going to be, but they're not. That, does, that doesn't clear the judgment from what they did here, right? So it's still, still paying the price for what they did. Still paying the price. Absolutely, they got a different mindset though now too. Absolutely. I, Move on, Casey. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Mm, the prosperity of fools. What is a fool? Someone who despises wisdom. So it's those people that that are um, guilty of gain from right. earlier, right? My my thing goes back to um, where we just read it. Let me see it again. Talking about uh, a fool, someone who does not fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. You right here says. Let me find it again. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Some people will make it being wrong. They will prosper or it looks like they prosper. And the prosperity of them might lead others astray. They're passing the I test. That's it. That's it. They're not passing the the E test, the eternal, the eternal test. Yeah. <laughs> and we've seen people talk about this before where they talk about some of these people that get all these loans and things for these big houses. Right. But then you go in there and they've got lawn furniture. Right. Because they're keeping up the appearance even though they can't live that way. Right. All their money is spent on keeping the house going and things like that, that the house inside is pretty much mostly empty. Right. But it passes the eye test. They're like, oh, you have an address on such and such a drive. Oh, you guys must be wealthy. You must have money and all this stuff. Not always. No. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Mm. There's the promise in the proverb. There you go. I think right there that is a promise to us. I was, you, go, ahead. go ahead. I was thinking about it as we were reading through the difference between a promise and a proverb still. And I came to the conclusion that a promise says I'm going to do this. It's not dependent on anything that you do. I mean, obviously, sometimes there are steps that we have to take in order to receive the promises of God. Right. The proverb outlines both sides. Sometimes it's like whenever you pray and you hear all your life that, you know, every prayer is answered. 
And that makes you assume when you're young that that means you're going to get the result that you want. In reality, an answer can be no to. A proverb's like saying, well, this is what could happen, but you have to understand there's another side to it too. There's no secondary side to a promise. Right. Well, here's here's the thing that makes it a promise in my mind, the verbiage of it. Just listen to it. But whosoever hearkeneth, when you hearkeneth, it's like listening. Yep. Listening, I feel like hearkening is the listening and then the action thereof. After You know, the action after listening, putting it into action. Unto me shall. <clears throat> to me, shall is a definite term. What do you think, Patty? Mm-hmm. Do you think shall means it will? It will. Shall is another mm-hmm. way to say that. But whosoever listens, who hearkeneth, listens, and puts into action unto me, God, shall, it will, they will dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So if you pay attention. And put into action what you've learned and what you've heard, you will be able to dwell safely. You'll be good. And I feel like <laughs> it says it and shall be quiet from fear of evil. What does that mean to you, Mark? Shall be quiet from fear from evil. That would be to me that you're back to being like um, private or privily. You're not, maybe you'll say not noticed. You're not touched by the fear of evil. I. So here's here's one thing, and it's just a thought in my mind, and it's just an opinion that I have. I don't know if I'm interpreting right, if I'm reading into it or trying to read out of it. The loudness of evil around you will be quieted. Am I right? I can go with that. I, I feel like that's a way that it makes sense to me, but also shall be quiet from fear of evil. Uh, you won't have to fear destruction or fear evil doings unto you if you do hearken unto God and what he has said. And one thing I looked up, because I was just curious, because you know we see fear a lot throughout these verses. Yeah. And the fear in um, verse 7 and the fear in verse... Where was the one about where they did uh, 29. not fear, 29, where they chose... Did not choose to fear the Lord. Those are the same fear. Those are the reverence. Right. All the other instances of fear in here are a completely different word, and that's trembling, fear, actual fear. Yeah, actual, you know, actual fear. Right. Not reverence. So, even in this, what's what Solomon wrote here, he's differentiating between the different types of fear. Right. So you know, sometimes when we see it, because you know. In our English way of seeing things, we see a word. It's like, it's okay, the same word. fear, 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 fear. It's all the same, but they're not. Right. And I think that's an important to distinguish, important to know when you're just specifically talking about those two different types of fear, reverence and, and actual fear. I'm so I'm going to say, well, you finish that. I'm going to count. I'm just curious on this one. There's quite a few. So with that, I think we've got quite a bit of studying. We're done with Proverbs number one. You know, so yeah, we're pro- done with problems. Problems. There I go. There I go again. There you go. Can again, I Mark. read one thing that I found? Go yes, for it. Ma'am. You may please do. Me. It says Solomon said, "Whatever, whoever listens to me, wisdom, whoever listens to me, will live securely in confident trust and will be at ease, without fear or dread of evil." Proverbs one thirty three. That is a powerful promise for us today. 
Similarly, the Apostle Paul stated that we should not even for one minute be frightened or intimidated by anything our opponents try to do to us. Absolutely. See Philippians 1.28. That our fearless is a sign to our enemies of their independent destruction and evidence of our deliverance and salvation through God. In other words, when we have trials, the spiritual word world is watching. God is watching and Satan is also watching. Therefore, how we respond and what we say and do are very important. If you can hold your tongue and remain emotionally stable during times of difficulty, it is a sign of a spiritual maturity and you are honoring God and letting the enemy know he is not going to control you. He can't control you. You cannot serve two masters. That's big. I heard I was prophesied to this week on Sunday while we were having our thing. And she said, I don't know who you are or what you're going through. But she says, don't fall for the enemy's trap. Whatever is being laid in front of you is a trap. Don't fall for it. So I've had in my mind all week, you know, going along with this Proverbs, I'm wanting to have wisdom and I'm asking God, give me the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge, anything along with that to see, to be able to see. You've already warned me that there's going to be a trap. Let me see what it is or give me the uh, the understanding to see how to, to avert the trap or to not even get close to it. I don't even want to walk past the trap. I want to just stop it. See, like, like you're saying, the birds, the net in plain sight. You yep. don't, you don't cast it. You don't set a trap in plain sight. Yeah. I want to have the wisdom to see that the the trap is being placed. And I don't care that they fall into the trap. I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't care if someone else is taken down in this. That's not what bothers me. I want to stay where I'm at in the fear of the Lord, in the knowledge and the understanding that God has taken me where he wants me to go. Show me what you want me to see. Exactly. It's not a case of just, you know, okay, how can I get through this trap without it springing? Right. I don't want to be in the same zip code. If I, I don't want to be in the vicinity of this yeah, trap. If there's, if there's three different paths, one has a trap, I want the other, one of the other two that's the farthest away from the trap. Or make a new path, and I'll go through there and just right. completely. So that, that's that been big for me this week, that, and that's one of the reasons I like I, I've always wanted to know more about Proverbs, and I feel like reading it myself, I don't totally understand it right. But when we do it like this, it helps me understand. And these things are held in my brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with that, we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. We've enjoyed trying to understand and interpret how we think Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 33 are supposed to be interpreted with the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you be kind to us if you're listening and you think otherwise. And if you think otherwise on some of the verses, we're happy. We're not stupid enough to sit here and think we're the this is the end all to be all, you know. We yeah. we will take correction. That's part of being wise and discreet. With that being said, we are going to end this podcast and we're gonna say we love you and we'll join you back next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. 
We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week. 